How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. We did last Thursday, but on this on this very time slot, well, actually, it was on this very time slot last uh, Wednesday, previewing Elks and Alouettes. What a game that was on Thursday with uh, Reed. But uh, after a couple busy weeks in the uh, National Hockey League, uh, Reed uh, taking a well-earned week off once again. Of course, late run for the Oilers mean meant a lot of a uh, lot of time for for Reed. So he is uh, back on vacation. I'm here all week until uh, through well through th- through Thursday because Friday we don't have a show. We got Elks football right here on 6:30. Chad as the Elks try for their second straight win of the season and third win in four games and their first win at home that would break a nasty 10 game losing streak, which is a franchise record. Oh, it won't be easy though. It'll be the Two-time Grey Cup champion, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are 6-0. Elks last year, though, even though they were not very good at 3-11, they gave the Bombers a couple uh, really solid games here on the brick field at uh, Commonwealth Stadium, but could not beat the Bombers. So they'll try and do that tonight, or on a Friday night. And the game you can catch right here on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 is countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott along with uh, Blake Dermott, and then Morley Scott and myself will be by with the play-by-play uh, just after 7 o'clock. And Morley will be by after 7.30 tonight with the Elks this week on 6.30. Chad, the Elks coming off that thrilling 32-31 win over the Montreal Alouettes, down by 19 points. So how about that? They were down 13 in Hamilton against the Tiger Cats. They won that game 29-25, down 19 to the Alouettes, and they win that game 32-31. That was uh, quite impressive for sure. But, oh, the injury list is long. We'll get that uh, information to you in a moment. Uh, I want to mention this, too. And we'll have Bob Stoffer on the show just after 6.30 talk about a uh, number of things, a uh, little bit on free agency for the Oilers. And tell you, I was quite impressed when I woke up uh, on about 8 o'clock Montreal time on Wednesday so this was before the free agent period opened and seeing Evander Kane signing a four-year deal with uh, with a, a nice term, 5.15 million. And then, of course, Jack Campbell and then Brett Kulak. Well, on the weekend, the uh, Oilers able to sign Mark uh, as he played for the uh, 
Vegas Golden Knights last year, a one-year deal worth $1.25 million, had nine goals and 16 assists. Also, salary arbitration period is coming, and two players uh, have uh, applied for, uh, or, or uh, I, yeah, I guess, uh, exercised their right for salary arbitration. There were two members of the Oilers who were allowed to, uh, Ryan McLeod's not, but Jesse Pugliarvi and Kyler Yamamoto did file for salary arbitration, so their hearings are coming up soon. It'll be interesting, though, because I'm sure there's one player the Oilers want back. Uh, they they want, they would like Yamamoto back. Would they like Pugliarvi back? I just don't see that happening. I think that's down the road, uh, or that's long past down the road. So w- what does this mean? What does this mean? I mean... We'll uh, talk about the ramifications of this with uh, Bob later on. Interesting tonight, actually, just before we got on the air. Lately, Kellen Kennedy, for breaking news to happen right before we get on the air. It's been like... That seems to be the trend as of late. Yeah, yeah. So, here we go. That's something? Just in. Um, And this literally is just in about 20 minutes ago. The Calgary Flames have exercised their right to file for salary arbitration for one Matthew Kachuk. Before Friday's deadline, where Kachuk could go, I'll take my qualifying offer, thank you, it'd be one year, $9 million, and that would allow him to become an unrestricted free agent next year. But the Flames are trying to basically protect their backside after what happened with Johnny Gaudreau. And interesting conversation on Friday night, Reed had with uh, Pat Steinberg, our good buddy out of Sportsnet 960 in Calgary where, yep, there's a scorned lover big time in Calgary. And I, I kind of don't blame them for being upset at Johnny Goodrow, even though technically Johnny Goodrow didn't really do anything wrong, although he maybe wasn't as forthcoming. Well, Matthew Kachuk could walk too. So this will be very interesting to see what happens here as uh, the Flames officially take Matthew Kachuk off of the restricted free agent market. So they're going to work on a deal. But this is going to be awfully interesting what uh, what the two sides are going to come to. Now, they can come to an agreement before the arbitration hearing happens. But if they go to arbitration, you got the Flames number, you got Kachuk's number. Then the arbitrator, you know, picks one number. Uh, this is going to be drama-filled. And I know if you're an Oilers fan, you're probably going... <laughs> Yeah, it's not so bad. I believe I so said bad. this, on, or I believe I said this last week on air. Uh, if I didn't, I said it to a bunch of friends over the weekend and that stuff and whatever. It's nice to see other people's tire fires instead of worrying about your own <laughs> for once. It, yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's so joyous around Oilerland and like in oil country, right? I mean, we know what we're doing, so it's all good. Yeah. Well, that that's the impression, and I kind of like what Ken Holland is doing, and he's not done apparently. So we'll talk to Bob about that, about what else could be coming. I want to ask about these Patrick Kane rumors? Are were these? Are, are, you know, is Patrick Kane still a possibility to be an Oiler? Is this a long shot? It's interesting, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get Bob to explain this a l- little bit later. Uh, Got to mention this, too. We're going to talk uh, about the Elks injury situation here in a moment. Uh, this comes from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, approximate, oh, when was this? About an hour ago, I guess. Several members of the Riders and their support staff have tested positive for COVID-19. As the team uh, traveled across uh, the country together, all players, coaches, staff will undergo mandatory testing 
for the next several days. Club is working with the CFL Medical Committee following all COVID-19 policies and procedures set by the CFL. And out of an abundance of caution, team will not practice tomorrow, but is expecting to resume all on-field activities on Wednesday. That's the hope anyway. Of course, we know how a COVID outbreak can affect the football team because we saw it with the Elks last year after uh, they won their first game, after their third game of the year in uh, in Vancouver, they were shut down for two weeks. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there's really no COVID-19 policies per se in the, uh, in the CFL right now. But obviously when you have multiple cases, then you have to kind of have the action plan kind of reinstated again kind of thing. So we'll see what happens here. So hopefully... They'll be all right. They're they're scheduled to play. The Riders are the Toronto Argos on Saturday, after the Argos won touchdown Atlantic on the weekend, and that's an interesting uh, angle too because Duke Williams took a swing at Shaq Richardson, who was a defensive back of the uh, Argos, and I'm going, how did Duke play? Did no one see him take a pretty vicious swing with his helmet? You can't do that. And then Cody Fajardo says, oh my knee is not good right now, so I don't know how I can play. And you're kind of going, okay. And then there was a roughing the passer call missed in quotations. Sean Oakman, um, it wasn't really roughing the passer, but these are things I'll talk to, uh, talk about a little bit later on in the show after 7 o'clock before uh, we bring Morley in for the uh, crossover uh, to preview the Elks this week. Uh, the Riders have been an interesting case study the last two or three weeks. And uh, we're going to talk about that more tomorrow. Uh, with uh, Belton Johnson, former CFL offensive lineman, one-time member of the Double E, and is a uh, analyst on CJME Radio for the uh, for their writer coverage on game days, pre-game and post-game. So that'll be uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, the Elks today at practice. Oh boy, uh, a lot of injuries. To uh, there's some good and some bad. Morgan is, but Trey Watson will not play. Nick Coe will not play. Here's an update from Elks head coach, Chris Jones. Unfortunately, seven was injured other than that. You know, Trey did a real nice job and was active, and unfortunately, he's going to be out for an extended period of time, but we ended up getting Niles back, so that was good. This is your life right now. Yeah. You get a couple guys back, you lose a couple guys next game. It just seems to yeah. be a terrible wheel to be on. Yeah, Cole, Cole's going to be out for an extended period of time, and so that means uh, Lucius South's going to be on the roster, and, and then, like I say, uh, seven went down with an injury. He's going to be out for an extended period of time, but Niles is on, so, you you know, fortunately, we have a few guys that were, you know, getting back. So not good news on Nick Coe and Trey Watson, who I thought played pretty well uh, in, in his uh, time that he played against his former team, the Montreal Alouettes. But now's Morgan. We haven't seen him since last season, the very last game of the season, November 19th in Vancouver against the uh, BC Lions from BC Place Stadium. Remember, he was their most outstanding rookie nominee from a year ago, and he's excited to get back in the lineup. Undescribable, it feels amazing. I've been just waiting on the side for so long. I'm just really glad to come serve this team. What the last six weeks been like for you? Uh, it's been uh, it's been hell inside my head. So, you know, I'm really glad just to get out here and just let loose. When I say the name Deron Carter, I know some of you are gonna go, gonna cringe a little bit, because yeah, he's had a bit of a checkered past. Uh, I get it. But uh, he was signed by Chris Jones in the offseason, not as a receiver, but strictly as a defensive back. And he broke his ankle on the second day of training camp, 
we haven't seen him for a long time. And uh, he is going to be an option for Chris Jones on Friday against the Bombers. Yeah, I mean, we're going to utilize him in a bunch of different ways. And he's not necessarily going to start, but he's going to play in a bunch of different ways this weekend and, uh, and hopefully help us win the football game. So whatever that means, a bunch of different ways. So we'll, we'll see what that means. But uh, Carter, who we talked to on Fan Day more than eight days ago, and that's when he first started to practice because that was the final stint on the sixth game. If you get to your fifth game and are cleared to practice, you're allowed to practice. Um, but uh, Carter wasn't able to until his sixth game. Same with Niles Morgan. But he was out on the field last week, wasn't close to playing, obviously, because he has one more game to serve. But uh, yeah, he says definitely now that I know I'm playing, my focus has changed. Kind of take more of a serious approach, you know. This is my first. This is my first game coming in, uh, and we're in going into the second third of the of the season. You know, it, it's crunch time right now. And, you know, this is a, these next six games are crucial for the season, and you know, going into the playoffs and, and having that momentum. So you know, uh, I can't wait to get out there, and uh, I feel good. I feel 100%. Hopefully, I can go out there and make some plays. And you can tell a little bit, a uh, little bit winded. <laughs> he was really put through the paces today. He'd been doing a lot of work post practice to try and get him back up to get himself back up to speed. And remember, he's a defensive back. Not sure where he would line up necessarily. And as Chris Jones said, doesn't mean that Deron Carter is going to start, but it means that uh, Deron Carter is going to probably get back in the lineup. So let's recap the injuries. Uh, mentioned Trey Watson knee injury already been put on an injured list and. Not sure if it's the one game or the sixth game, but, you know, he says Watson along with Nick Coe as a hamstring injury are likely gone for a few weeks. So I imagine it, it could very well be the six-game injury list. Darrell Walker left the game with a hip and groin injury. That's what it was listed today on the injury report, and he did not practice. Kyle Loxley, who has been dealing with a shoulder issue the last couple of weeks, well, he uh, suffered a hamstring injury, so the receiver slash quarterback did not practice. Uh, the Elks brought in a new quarterback, so Taylor Cornelius likely to start. And uh, we'll tell you about the new quarterback here in a moment, but uh, Cornelius to start and Regina native Mike Beaudry, uh, the backup. So that's probably what's going to happen again because Beaudry was the backup in Montreal. Uh, also, Trey Ford, a shoulder issue. He's not going to practice. He's on the one-game injured list. Jake Ceresna did practice. He's nearing the end of his six-game stint. Uh, he has a shoulder issue, so he's getting closer. So, so that is good news. What else is new for Chris Jones? Dealing with another rash of injuries again. Yeah, I mean, we haven't lost many people, you know, past camp. We haven't, knock on wood, because we do have to practice hard tomorrow. I mean, but we haven't lost a lot of guys other than in the games, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's been a weird year that way. And that's, that's part of my job as GM is to make sure, you know, you got the next man up and, you know, and, have, and not only have him there, but have him ready to play. So they will have to address a group of 45, and they will do that on Friday as they get set to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Again, 5.30 countdown to kickoff right here on 6.30. Chad, 7 o'clock is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The home run derby about to get underway at uh, Dodger Stadium in L.A. First time they have hosted an all-star game since 1980. The game goes tomorrow. And uh, the first day. Uh, Corey Seager from the Texas Rangers, Jose Ramirez from the uh, Cleveland Guardians, Julio Rodriguez from the Seattle Mariners, Ronald Acuna from the Atlanta Braves, Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals, Kyle Schwarber from the Philadelphia Phillies. How about this? 42-year-old Albert Pujols 
of the St. Louis Cardinals is going to swing tonight. And we'll probably need a week off after, you know, unless he just doesn't, you know, rip it like he used to. But th- that, that's pretty cool. And uh, Pete Alonzo from the New York Mets, who has won it twice, he's going to try and be the first three-peat of the home run derby, which uh, brings me to this topic. And uh, our hotline is presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. I'm wondering what you think about, I'm not going to ask about the best all-star games because I just, I don't think that conversation goes too far. Um, What's the best skills event in an all-star game? Is it the home run derby? Is it the slam dunk contest in, in, in the NBA skills challenge, the three-point shootout, the uh, hard shot football? You know, the Pro Bowl, I, honestly, I haven't watched a Pro Bowl in so long, and I know they have a skills challenge. I think they have a passing kind of challenge, but honestly, I – don't honestly know what they do. But if you do, you can mention it. You can uh, text in at uh, 780-496-0063. What's the best skills event at an all-star game? And if you want to go a bit off the wall from, you know, a, a, another all-star game, doesn't have to be from the big four, but if you've seen something um, that you want to mention, uh, you can do that. And uh, we'll uh, we'll get Kellen to read them off uh, in about well, about a half an hour from now. It is Inside Sports on this uh, hot Monday evening. Going to be a hot week. It's been, it's been nice. I know some of you don't like the heat, but at least it wasn't. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com last year it's a little more it's a little more bearable than it was last year at this time but uh, it's Campbell in for Wilkins on a Monday evening Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates Alberta Injury Lawyers go to jameshbrown.com all right so here's the uh, updated rules for the Major League Baseball home run derby. It used to be, I think, each competitor got 10, 10 outs. And you just hit as many bombs as you wanted. But now each contestant gets three minutes in the first and second rounds to hit as many home runs as he can. Contestant in the finals of the third round get two minutes. Each contestant gets a bonus of 30 seconds at the end of each regulation period. And that time can be increased to 60 seconds. If the contestant hits a home run of at least 440 feet, each contestant gets one 45-second timeout during each regulation period. Any round ending with a tie will be decided by a 60-second sling-off with no timeouts or bonus time. Winner gets a million dollars of the $2.5 million prize pool. So a little bit more timed, well, a lot more timed, and uh, so you're not sitting there forever. Because I guess after a while, it would get kind of boring. And that's the thing that I didn't like about the All-Star Home Run Derby. is It's impressive. I mean, who can forget Mark McGuire hitting him out of uh, Fenway Park like he did that one year. And this was some great moments, but this is a little more focused. Uh, Oilers have had an impressive offseason so far. To discuss that and about the arbitration hearings coming up for Yamamoto and uh, Pooley Arby. And what's next? Bob Stoffer coming up on Inside Sports. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.